was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome to Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And this is episode 26. Wow. We're going to be talking about, you see the hat for all my YouTube people, audio people. I love you. Got the Crenshaw hat. We're going to be talking about the late, great Nipsey Hussle. We're going to be talking about, did the Joe Budden podcast, like, stop? Where'd they go? We're going to be talking about Issa Rae and this eight-figure deal. We got a lot to talk about. Moose, how are we feeling about this episode? Uh, Another action-packed week. Uh, But I will say this episode will literally sum up what we're all about. Business and branding. So, yeah, I'm excited to get into it. Let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens, cut from a different cloth. Now, joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never-before-seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force. But more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. So you already know what time it is. It is the review of the week. Good week. And this one's done is a 29. Easy A-H-A 29. Okay. And this one says there's level to this. I'll keep this review simple so Nikki can read it on the show. Got you, fam. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. There it is. Both Nikki and Moose go in depth into what branding looks like on a deeper level. This show challenges my thinking and it's entertaining. Love y'all and thank you, Airhorn. That's how they know. Shout out to you. That's how you know. You watch and listen to this to this podcast. We appreciate you and we appreciate everybody who listens and watch this podcast and leaves a review. We love you. Keep keep on because I'm going to keep reading them. I may mess up. I may not. We'll see. But anyways, let's get into this episode. First off, Moose, how are you feeling? I am excellent. Uh, weather's starting to warm up out here on the East Coast, so uh, <laughs> it's getting nice. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm back on my four miles. You know me? I'm back on my there four miles. Hey, Ta- no more chubby loaded. season. No the more chubby is loaded. season. Listen, uh, I'm going to Cancun, and so I can't be chubby. Um, so yeah, four miles it will be. You know me? Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> but okay, so so many things, and I can't really. I had like this whole. Let me just talk to Moose for three seconds, but we really don't have time because we have so much to go over. So first one, right? Now, everybody should know that I love the Joe Budden podcast. Everybody should know, right? We've covered a little bit of it on the podcast. We definitely covered Mm -hmm. it on the live show, uh, Shameless Plug, live show every Tuesday, 8 p.m. on YouTube. Yummy? But um, there's something that transpired that not on a gossip tip, but more on a business tip that I really wanted to go over, which was Joe Budden has two co-hosts. Well, technically like three, right? Uh, Rory and Maul and Parks. 
And these past couple of episodes that has been in the blogs and everything is that Rory and Maul are absent from the the podcast. No longer do you hear their voice. And we're not very sure when they come back on. Now, personally, I hope they come back on very soon. I do not want the podcast to uh, end. And this is probably a shameless plug for you to go check Joe Budden. But I've been a fan of Joe Budden for a very, very long time and of the podcast. I think they've been running for like over five years or something like wow. that. Right? Wow. Now, like I said, it's not more of a gossipy thing or anything like that. It's more of how do you handle business and friendship? And I thought it was cool to bring it here because me and Moose are friends. And so now this is almost like a real life lesson on some, okay, we have a podcast, we're friends. Hello. If seven years down the line, if this doesn't align, what's happening, right? And for me, I find this timing so crazy because the Joe Budden podcast has been on the up for quite a while now, right? Everything from having their own Spotify deal to then getting out of Spotify and kind of being a free agent to then creating this Joe Budden network and acquiring like two shows. Like they've been really, really moving. And then all of a sudden, the thing that has been like the foundation, which is the podcast, is now up in the air. I'm like, yo, what? Yeah. what is the disconnect, right? What is the disconnect? So I found the clip that I really want to talk about. So this is Rory, one of the co-hosts of the Joe Budden uh, podcast. And he did this episode prior to not being on these latest episodes. So don't think that... He wasn't on, and then he went into the interview. This was done before, but listen to this. If you're having some problems with your friends in business, you can end the business and keep the friendship, mm. or you can continue with it and end both. Because the business is going to end because y'all are going to fight, and then you're not going to be friends anymore. Mm. Podcasting is not my passion. Okay. I hate like the network shit that y'all are doing. I love. That's great. That's what y'all want to do. I don't. I have no passion in starting a bunch of podcasts. It's, it's not part okay. of my life. This isn't your passion. So how? Do so you- I can't expect effort from you when it's not your passion. So wow. Okay. So this is my thing, right? And and I'll start off with this. Where? Why do you start? a business with your friends? Like, why? And I think anybody who answers that is going to be, like, have different answers, right? But when I look and hear that clip, my major concern, and even I was thinking about it with Moose, was like, yo, does he want to do podcasting? Like, does he think it's cool for right now, but it's not really his passion? So if we was to build this out, this is not really his thing. Like, this gets you thinking from like, okay, 
is it a passion thing or do we just match in values? So that's why we rock with each other. So, so great. So whatever we do, like we're going to do it. Like prime example, um, and this being a little transparent, he's probably going to kick me, but I don't care because we're virtual. But the whole real estate thing, right? We've been talking about, well, he and another individual have been talking about real estate for the longest. And I'm like, eh, I'm going to do it because you are going to do it. Like, that's not my thing. I'm not, I'm not with it. It doesn't excite me. I understand that is the typical way of growing to millions and possible billions, but I don't feel like I want to go that way. But you are, and I love you. And so let's do this. Let's figure this out. Right. But if it was to expand into something crazy, like if he's like, yo, we're going to be developers. You see what Terika does? We're going to do all this. We're going to have streets and everything. And I'm going to be like. Mm. Mm, where's the tech side? Is there any kind of tech situations? If not, I don't know. Right. So my question is when starting a business or event or anything with your friends, like. What is more important? Is it the passion or is it the values? And if you go off of the values, does that have a deadline? That that is yeah, you have no idea how powerful of a question that is for anyone. That's such a dope question. And it's so real though. Do you pick your partners based on mutual passions or do you pick your partner's based on complementing values, meaning, you know, we believe in the same thing. We see life the same way. We value the same things. Mm -hmm. And maybe we bring value to each other that, you know, the other person doesn't have. So it's like, okay, cool. We complement each other's, you know, styles. That's cool. The Wow. Wow. Yeah. I, I, ideally, honestly, I, we would want both. Ideally. Of course. That's, oh, that's for sure. For perfect sure. Perfect scenario, which no one ever really has, right? Perfect right. scenario. Um, but because then also what came into my head is not only do you have to worry about like passion and values, you also have to worry about work eth work ethic as mm -hmm. well. But that's a whole different because that's a different thing. That's a different thing at that point. But just between those two, based off the clip, like what's to you, to you. Yeah. What's more important? I believe values. I'm going to go with values. Okay. I think values are still more important because when two individuals can, number one, be mindful and respect each other's values, meaning the things that, you know, are important to them, you know, for the most part, your relationship is going to be rock solid. Now, if, if the values are there, you're likely to compromise on passion, just like you kind of did. It's like, yo, I'm not necessarily feeling the real estate game. But because we do share value in multiple other businesses or multiple other areas, then cool. I'll compromise being that this seems to be one of your passions. Similar to me on my end, even like with the NFT space, it still seemed like, shoot, forget, even going further back, Clubhouse. 
right? For me, it was like, ah, I don't know. But then I'm like, but hold up. Nikki really is passionate and adamant about this. I need to, even if it's from a supportive standpoint, let me just explore and see what it's about. So I think when you value each other and what you bring to the table, it's easy to compromise on the passion, meaning like, okay, I'm going to go and step into your world and see what that's about. And, and similarly, you know, at some point you'll step into mine and we'll kind of do things together. But if it's never going to be that way, and this is the situation where, you know, with, with, with the JBN and, and their podcast, where I, it makes you wonder like, okay, is Joe equally as excited about maybe some of the things that the, the fellows are pursuing away from what is happening under his umbrella? Right. Or does he only want all of their time, effort, and commitment being tied to, you know, what seems to be his baby? So I, I can see some issues with that. But I will say from a partnership standpoint, and man, is this a good question. Uh, again, I got to give you credit for, you know, bringing it up or coming up with it. But yeah, if, if the values are aligned, I feel that, you know, it, it can be easy to compromise on passions, especially if you're stepping into each other's worlds. But now, I, I don't know if, if you would say the same thing because, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually curious to know, what would you say? What, what would be more important to you? So, so it's such a struggle because for me, I'm like, I don't, when it comes to something new, I don't want to to be put in a scenario of already thinking, when can this end? Mm. See what I'm saying? And so I know that from something that I may be passionate about, that if that person doesn't feel as passionate about it, I have to instantly think of what is the end? Like, where's where's this end? Like, when does it, so I can continue to make this mutual because mm. I may be passionate and this person may be supportive because of the values. So I have to keep it somewhat mutual and be like, we're only doing this for this long. Here are the results we could possibly get by doing it this long. And if we go longer, this is like, I feel like I have to be at that point with it. So let me ask you this, and this is probably playing a little devil's advocate. Do, do partners have to be in business together in every business? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, they started the podcast yes. together. They did the network. Okay, great. So they're partners in that business. Right. Is it cool, let's say, you know, Joe was like, okay, bet, I'm going to go in NFT. Mm-hmm. And then the other two are like, ah, I'm not going to go in NFT. I'm going to go in whatever. TFN and it's like right well, and, and is it cool that that happens or what what's the boundaries on that so I think if there's still an understanding that everything comes to the pot you know like I, you don't have to do everything with me but I like with you I feel comfortable that you are at least knowing certain things Mm-hmm. Like there's certain things that I'll go to you and be like, okay, what's your thoughts? Boom. And then I'll run with it and then I'll come back to you. Okay, this is what happened. And it's not necessarily I need you to do any kind of legwork. Right. But at the same time, I don't feel 
this is going to sound all mushy. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey. I was like, I don't feel comfortable doing much without you. This sounds really mushy. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> we got Nick showing emotion on a podcast. Let's go. Wow. Like, I, yeah. That, so anyways, I'm going to try to go back to my thug life. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go back to the thug life. Hey, thugs cry too. I love it. Yo. I um, love it. So. At, at least for me, like, if if it's something that you're like, nah, mm-mm, don't want to, I don't want to do it. Ah. Even though for me, I said that about real estate. I was like, no, I don't want to uh-uh, go somewhere. And now it's like pressure, pressure, pressure. I'm like, all right, fine. All right. Yeah. But do this for like, take this. I don't really right. want to do much, but I fully support it in this kind of way, right? You can have all of that. Just leave me out of the rest, right? Right. And even with this podcast, it's like the tech side. Like, I don't put you yeah. involved with that. You're like, hey, could I help? And you're like, but at the same time, please don't ask me this part. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, so, right. But at the same time, this makes me look at things as far as when as friends in business, how often do you do a temp check? Like how often do you sit down and be like, okay, here was a milestone. Like for them, they, they got out of Spotify. Okay. Boom. Is everybody still on the same page? Cool. We're going to do a network. Is everybody still on the same page? Cool. Boom. There's other things. And, you know, like, or is there enough time away from each other? Because, you know, now we're spending a whole lot of time. And where's the balance? Like, how often do you do a temp check when working with friends? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do think from a communication standpoint, there's got to be certain code words that you use when you're about to... Pineapples? It could be pineapples. <laughs> Go with pineapples. <laughs> we'll take some pineapples if it is. That's what it is. But there's got to be a code word that lets you know, like, okay, we're, we're friends right now. Okay, no, I'm about to switch into the business world. Let me... Hey, pineapple. Mm -hmm. So that way, there's at least a mental switch for someone to know, okay, this is not the friend jokey stuff. This is like legitimate business stuff. So that emotions aren't hurt. And I think that's one of the things that people may not notice. But if we're just mixing and, you know, everything together, there are times where a joke, whatever it is, or like it just goes too far and then it's taken personal. And then the next thing on the agenda might be discussing, I don't know, let's say a negotiation or a business deal. Then you're taking that and carrying it into this conversation. And there's some baggage there. So, I, it, and that's one of the rare incidents with friends where the two mix. And that's why I think, you know, people say often don't do friends, don't do business with friends and families for those reasons, because the personal is often mixing it with the, with the business side. But yeah, I, I, I definitely think there's got to be some like lines around communication. But lastly, you know, I, I think twice a year, minimum of twice a year is like, yo, let's just, let's, let's catch up, you know, let's do something, nothing tied to an agenda. And I think we do that. Yep. I don't want to say twice a year, but it's cool that we have conversation time to time. It's just like, 
didn't want nothing, just checking in. And it's like no agenda, just dialogue. And it helps to, you know, air out and see where things are at. What I do love what he said, it was like, friendship still comes first. Like, regardless of anything, like, this, the friendship is going to be here. So I'd rather have the business stop than anything. Like, I'm not, I could lose the business. We can make 19 more of those. Like, if you yeah. make one, you can make another one, right? True. And True. so I do like that he said, you know, we'll we'll end the business to keep the friendship. Because if you don't, then you have the chance of messing up with both. Because I, I do believe, and I don't know if I've dealt with it, but I feel like there were certain times I felt it, not with you, um, but like that as as we go along with certain things and there wasn't necessarily a temp check, the resentment came in. Like, mm. yep. I started to find every reason. I This is when I know I'm fed up. I find every small reason to, like, not, like, what where I'm at at that moment. And then Red I'm flag, like, yeah. yeah, and it's like, okay, hold on. Like, we get mad that the person didn't call when they said they were going to call back. We get mad, like, the littlest things. And I'm like, oh, I'm starting to resent. Mm-hmm. And it's starting to build up. So something has to change. Or I'm just overall going to think you're an ugly human being and I may stay a little bit, but you're still overall ugly human being and our friendship and our closeness can never be the same. So first off, we hope that clearly you guys get back together and all that great stuff in the podcast still keeps going. This, like I said, this was not a gossiping thing. This is just literally like our life. Like, This is a conversation that needed like other people have or are even thinking about starting a business or venture or something like that with their friends. And it's like, what's what's important or what's a realistic understanding when going into business with your friends? I think that's what it was. 100 percent. So let's talk about this eight figure deal. Um, what eight? Wow. Uh, Issa Rae inks an eight-figure film and television deal with Warner Media. Crazy, 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 crazy. Yeah. And if people do not know, kind of like how this all started, I got a clip for you. I've been doing this for about nine years. Her you know, YouTube can, series. Which, my, well, my YouTube, my the first YouTube series I ever created was in 2007 when I was a senior in college. Mm-hmm. And then Awkward Black Girl is the, the series that kind of defined me and launched my career. And that was in 2011. But mm-hmm. I had two other ones before that one. The same types of black movies were coming out with the same types of, type of humor. And it was frustrating. And I was voicing that on my blog. And... Um, I remember one comment was like, you complain so much, why don't you make something? And that like, I was like, oh, well, okay, I will. So I really like this just because she legitly started with a web series from, from filming in her car with a friend 
who didn't know nothing about filming anything, right, to an eight-figure, let me pull that up, an eight-figure film and television deal. That's crazy. That's insane. I don't, and, and what I love about it is that people think for you to get started, you need the lights and the camera and everything to be noticed. And her, her uh, web series got noticed off of what she was working with, off of her experiences, off of how she really was an introvert and she's just trying to tell the story of how, you know, uh, black people always looked at as the extrovert and the life of the party and everything like that, when in all actuality, she's an, honestly an introvert and there's times that she is kind of feeling a little bit awkward. And so telling those stories, other people related to it was like, oh my God, uh, let me send this to somebody. Let me send, it wasn't the best quality. Like everybody go after you watch and listen to this. Okay. After, uh, go look up the, the awkward black girl, um, web series that she says still is still up. Right. And you will see that the quality is trash. The quality isn't the greatest compared to uh, Insecure and compared to all the other stuff that she's been doing, but she worked with what she had and what she had made her eight figures down the line. I don't, wow. I, I'm just saying, I'm about to turn this podcast back to our phones or something. <laughs> for real, for real. Just to have a better story. No, that's real. That's real. I, but, but. What do you think about it? Because I could go on, but then we will never finish this podcast. So, <laughs> Man, I, 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 you got to give credit to people. You know, when you think of this, it's easy to give it to bring a lot of your attention to the money and the payout right now. But the things that are overlooked is someone doing something because they truly cared about it. Someone who stayed true to themselves for this long. And, and you can see her like really trying to highlight, like even before this one, and did that seemed, that interview was what, maybe a few years back, it seemed like. Yeah. 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 Was, so I think even it was the that, first, she's time, like, first time that she was on the Breakfast Club and stuff. Like it was a bit, it was a bit ago. Yeah. So it's like even that, she's telling you, yo, even with this one, there are others that I've done, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, show, to, to show and highlight the body of work. And I know that was a theme that we were big on. So it's always dope to, Highlight people who have an extensive body of work, who started with nothing, but they were just early adapters and like, yo, let me try something. And that's why I think it's so dope. Like right now, not to take away credit from people, but people who blow up now, you were able to Google something. You were able to watch somebody else's video and the editing video and like, okay, cool, I'm going to do this and pitch it together. Still super credit to you. Like I, I still think that's phenomenal. But the fact that, you know, the people that, you know, the Issa's and the, the Nipsies that we're about to cover again today, it's like, yo, these people did it at a time where this wasn't being done. This was like, oh, this is what's happening with the internet. Oh, that's dope. Let me take this and do this with it. Let's see how that is received. So I think that's what I always find so amazing about some of these people who just let their creativity flow and they don't necessarily know what can happen down the line. They're just like walking by faith almost and look what happens. You know, uh, eight figures. Eight figures, people. Hmm. We just wanted to highlight that because it's just, it's amazing 
to see, like, she said, when did that thing start? Two, 2000? 2007. 2007. And we're in that's 2021? Yeah, 14 years ago. And then people are thinking, yo, why haven't I blown up yet? Wow. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's that's another that's another that's, <laughs> that's, another, that's another podcast that's another for another one. day, people. That's another but you you saw the rev up. You saw how I got up. I was ready to go. But yeah. let's let's get into the the main point uh of today. Now, when this drops, um especially the video part of this, it will be the anniversary of the passing of Nipsey Hussle, right? He died. March 31st, uh, 2019, right? And so if anybody has been part of day one of Nikki and Moose, or even me, period, y'all know there's always going to be an episode of just Nipsey. Because there's so, like, he was such a forward thinker. Like everything from how he did his brand, how he did his store, crypto. He was talking about crypto back then, right? The owning stuff, owning his whole block. There's a lot of things that even till this day, I'm still learning. And I think I've watched all the episodes, all the interviews, everything like that, which is crazy because when I was looking up stuff for this episode, there was somebody somebody dropped a new interview that was like seven months ago. I was like, hold on, you're cheating. Right. Where right, was this right. earlier? Where did this come from? Right, 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 right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I pride myself <laughs> off of watching everything. And um, a few, like a, a week ago, depending when you watch this, they even did a new book um, about like kind of a biography of, of Nipsey Hussle. And it is mm-hmm. really, really good. Really good, but it starts off wow. very heavy. It starts off with like Lauren London's speech when going into the Staples uh, Center went like, at the funeral. Like, yeah, that was heavy. That was heavy. Nice. But uh, let's get into this first clip because we talked about Issa and the whole working with what she had, and of course, you know, Nipsey had kind of the same story. So let's get into that. What you got, man? I was never a robber. I was always a hustler. Mm-hmm. And what I, why I say that is that you can watch what other people doing, and this on this level of the game, and it'll start poisoning your process, and you want to skip steps. You know, when I didn't have a deal, you know, we did mixtapes. Yeah, that's what we could do. You know what I'm saying? We could buy some equipment, pay a producer to use the beat, and put it out instead of saying, "Oh, I can't do nothing. Let me go just." rush to somebody for some help work within the realm of which you got access to and i was mixtapes yeah and when i didn't have the internet or no fan base that cared we was out the trunk with it you know Tracks. and so i just believe in being you know embracing what you got around you you know and as your resources grow level up but it's never no excuse to not work mm. and now y'all can understand where some of my content comes from Hear me! Hear me! <laughs> That was a bar. That was a bar. Listen, you know what was the best part for me was it was the whole poisoning part. Like, as we listen and as we watch other people, we're thinking we're doing research. We're thinking that we're growing and things like that. But some of it, depending on how much you take in, could be poison to your brand and a helpful part of it. 
right? Because mm. now we're we're consuming too much and we're getting into that whole, now I have to copy it. So instead of getting into an innovative mindset, you're getting more into a copycat mindset. You're getting more into like, okay, they've been doing it like this for so long. If I want the same results or higher, I have to do that. And to be honest, if you look at what you have, it's different than than what they have at the moment. This is where he was saying like, yo, you're going to skip steps just to try to reach where they are right now. And you're not really appreciating the, the simple things that you have because maybe that's what's stopping them from getting to the next level for them is because they're not looking at the simple stuff and taking advantage of it. He had bought some equipment, sold some mixtapes with what he had. Then he came up with that whole $100 mixtape when no one else was doing it, right? He could have went a regular path and he didn't. The The crazy part about it is like, he literally called his album Victory Lap because it was kind of that last lap off of being independent, right? He was like, yo, I've worked with what I had for, and it like stretched that joint out to exactly get what I want. And now I needed the team. I needed to take, uh, take advantage of the marketing. So now we're ready for that kind of partnership. And so this album is going to be called victory lap. Right. But taking advantage of the different levels and stretching it to position himself for a partnership and not a record deal. That's something that is, we have to kind of study because we look at it as like, okay, I need the machine mm-hmm. and in any industry, right? right? We look at it as like, okay, maybe I just give this up so I can get the machine. I, I, you know, maybe give up this percentage or give up in the, in music and be give up my masters, but in like just regular stuff that we do, maybe give up this certain amount of percentage, give up 50%, 70%. Some people have, you know, um, just so I can get in the machine because by myself, I may not get those looks by myself. Yeah. I may not get those different kind of situations. Right. But he said, yo, I'm going to go the long way and use this and this and this. And now we look back and we're saying, yo, that's the true blueprint instead of the record labels. Because if you look at it now, the record labels are actually not needed as if it was before. So. If you already have the baseline of kind of doing it yourself, when certain things start to crumble or are are not needed as much as before, you have the leverage that we you wanted from the beginning. So I'm like, this this is the problem with me watching Nipsey. I look at my current situations and be like, I can do this all by myself. 
You're out of here. Yeah, Everybody, gone. Go. I don't need this. It's going to take me nine years, but right. I don't need this. I'd rather have 100% of this than to give y'all. This is why I can't watch Nipsey too, too much. Like in a, in a whole day. Like I was listening to the book, watching the interviews, clipping this stuff up. And I'm like, mm. I'm not. I'm not doing this event tomorrow. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> I'm not for, for what for the, for this. This is not no what. And and then I go back to reality. Like no, stop it. You're just super influenced. <laughs> the marathon right, right. continues. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, and I think what's what's really cool about Nip too is that he popularized the idea amongst his fans and his community base. Yep. So there was a there was a time where because he openly spoke about his decisions, what he was doing and the way he was moving, people started to rally behind him and say, yo, we don't want you to sign. Matter of fact, we'll pay, we'll support, we'll do whatever it takes to, so you don't have to sell out. And this could be our thing because he was taking the information and bringing it back to the community. So I think that's the beauty of also being transparent, being real and really sharing your story to your community or your tribe, because then people start looking for ways to support you beyond what is necessary or what is ordinary. So that's one of the things that as I was listening to his interviews, I was like, wow, there are times when, you know, people are asking him questions about, hey, we, you know, when Jay bought the $10,000 worth of mixtapes, we were sure that wasn't just, while it was a nice move, Mm -hmm. I'm sure there was some intention behind it. Was there anything you know, coming off of that and, and how did, you know, your, your fans respond? And he was just like, you know, of course they gave a little heat, but for the most part, it's because they wanted to support the movement and keep it going the way it was. But it's just cool to see the loyalty that he embedded in people to want him to stay the same, which is awesome. I'm telling you, you're going to watch and listen to this episode and you're going to quit your job. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. He's I'm like, ready look, all I got is a, is a paper clip. I, this is a work with what you have. I'm gone. Right. Bump you in your nine to five lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> done. Done. Sick done. It Keep it. Keep your little paycheck. <laughs> right. Right. Please don't listen. Don't. Don't say Nikki and Moose. Right. I don't want, okay, I, I need you ready. I want you to leave when you're ready. Just just not now yeah, if you're not. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, actually, let us help you get there first. Yeah, random, yeah. random question. Super side note, right? Should everybody leave their nine to five at some point? I say no. I say yes. Mm. <laughs> I say yes. I'm going to be honest because the when you get there, right? Yes. Like when you've when you've established whichever your endeavor is. And quite frankly, we we've talked about this. Entrepreneurship isn't for everybody. But if right. it is for you, if you're like, "Yo, I don't have it right now, but it is for me. I'm just going to keep doing my thing with the 9 to 5 until you get there." I think the biggest part or the best part of of the switch is that you're not just like fixed into working between the hours of nine to five. Mm-hmm. You can work from nine to two, mm-hmm. take a break, come back seven to eight, uh, 
10 to 2, like however you want to do it. And I think the beauty of the freedom and flexibility is not to say you're going to do less work. You'll probably do more than eight hours of work, but just the, the freedom behind it. That's the part that I think is the best. But that might change because with what's been happening right now, everyone's like, yo, maybe people don't have to go into work anymore. So I'll be surprised to see how the new generation spins it like, yo, why quit my job when I can have the benefits or whatever through the job and I still got my, <laughs> you know, stuff over here. So you never know how that's going how that's going to go because you don't got to necessarily go into a job right now. I'm going to say no, because. I feel like you could create for those people who want that stability, right? I feel like you could create within the company. What do they call that thing? Entrepreneur, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like the major, uh, what's the, what do I call it? Because I don't want to call it a lick. That's not, I don't want to call it that, that New York situation. But um, I think the real come up is when you can, get a percentage for the things that you do while, you know, establishing yourself. And some people don't want that full stress of everything on their shoulders, payroll, all that great stuff, blah, 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 right? And some people actually like their nine to five. So I think we're in in a wave where it's like entrepreneurship, get it, own it, do that, get it. And I'm like, yes, but that's not for everybody. That's true. And you're that's going true. to make people very broke and depressed by doing that feeling as if they have to have all that weight on their shoulder. There's still ways to have an independent vibe within a company. So. Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm giving different perspective, but okay. Back to it. It was like a super side note thing. Uh, tweet us with your opinion and everything yeah, like that. What do that. you think? Let us know. That's a good I mean, question. Um, okay. So let's talk about branding. One of the best pieces of advice I got was like, you know, big Bob told me like hustle. Don't ever look at yourself as a rap star. Mm-hmm. You'll confuse yourself. It's no definitive rules. If you look at yourself as a brand, it's, it's rules. Uh, it's, it's rules to creating a power brand. And if you follow the rules, your brand become powerful. Mm. And if you don't, your brand lose power. Mm. Rap ain't no rules other than make good rap. Right. And it be all type of flying. And it's, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of confusing on how to become like a rapper. Gotcha. But if you want to become a powerful brand, it's a clear cut path to that. I'm gonna get you to start this one off. Yeah, yeah, that's real. That's real. And and I think it can be spun the same way for, you know, when we first entered, uh, or at least speaking for myself, when I first entered the speaking and consulting space, we were so attached to the idea of being speakers and speakers and speakers. And we just want to speak, we just wanted to speak, that you forget that you're actually running a business. Mm. So it's that same concept. It's like, yo, yes, you're a speaker. But that's one of the services you provide. In reality, you're an entrepreneur or you are a business. So it's that same mentality where when you look at yourself as a business, you move accordingly. You move differently. There are certain boundaries and principles that you follow because you don't want to just violate or mess yourself up trying to run after this facade or this idea of what you think it looks like. 
But on the flip side of it, there are principles and rules that you can follow to build a sustainable business. So I love what he said here because it's like, yo, the same thing for branding, which I'm sure, you know, you could speak a little bit more on, but that that that's powerful for him to know. Like, And you think about how he was able to stay so disciplined. It's like if those are the type of gems he's working off of, it makes a lot of sense. Like when I hear this, it's. I I instantly think of like a creator, like anybody in the creative role, we have to think about it. Like this is why creators struggle because they don't think like a brand in a business. They think of, I just want to create. And so that's why sometimes we hear about that struggling artists and kind of vibe because you can't grow just staying in that creative vibe just to create because How are you going to promote? How are people going to get to know you? What are the connections that you're making to get your work out there? Like, what is the work that you're doing to get you to be more of a household name instead of just within your desk and your computer and your iPad, right? And and of course, he was talking about rappers because as well, they're, they're artists and they're creators creators as well. So from that standpoint, you're only there to make music. All right. I make music. Cool. But you still have to promote yourself. You still have to get on the radio stations or the podcasts and things like that. You have to put your stuff on these different DSPs and things like that. Like you have to become the brand. You have to do deals like with like little Yachty with Sprite and like Migos with, I think Popeyes or something like that. Like you have to get outside of the box to get the money as well as the brand awareness when you start thinking like a brand and some people get it and some people don't, some people don't really understand the power of you know, being a brand. Some people think that is just that cliche kind of vibe. Like, okay, I got to create a brand. I got to create a brand. But like Nip said, there are certain things you have to do to become a power brand. E is a power brand, right? Nike, power brand, right? Diddy, power brand, right? Because they did certain things that is kind of the foundation of branding and making them a household name. You can't just be that dope in your craft. It has to be a bit bigger. It has to, you have to have the right people and the right connections and be on the right platforms. And you have to think of it a little bit outside of the box. And once you start doing that, you'll find time to still get in that creative vibe to do what you really love to do. But for that, for that freedom, you have to create a brand. You have to. Yeah. 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 I like that idea though. Just that, that, cause it's true. Some people, I think they, they run into the idea of a brand without really having a true direction for it. It's just like, oh, well, everyone's doing it, so let me just slap my name on a hoodie or a T-shirt and say, this is my brand. Where if 
it, it kind of like puts those boundaries again. It's like, cause it's true. Like you gotta have that sense of direction to know what you're building. There are so many common mistakes when you're looking at something from the outside in. And I can't tell you, even from my experience, you know, when, when you're building off of what you think it's like versus working from the inside, it's a totally different game. There are certain concepts that you learn about. There are certain reasons that you're like, oh, but I thought you put more energy into this concept. You know, it's like, uh, no, that, that's not what it's about. This is, you know, like, but again, and for every industry is different. Like I'm sure for an artist, it's going to be different than for a speaker or an entrepreneur. All of these things is going to be different. But that's the point of really wrapping your concept or your idea or your brand into something tangible so that you know, no matter how the market shifts, and and, and you and I spoke about it uh, just uh, last week. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, the way that the content space has shifted over the last six months, especially, it's way different than what it was a year ago. Yeah. But some of the many of the people who we know that have stayed consistent and have not pushed so much, too much or have embraced it, but staying true to their core, they've continued to grow instead of just kind of like fall out of the picture because, you know, they couldn't keep up. So, yeah. And like one of the people that we've talked about in the beginning of our podcast episodes, Rick Ross, is a prime example yeah. of a power brand. Like, mm-hmm. of course, he started with rapping, right? But even with all the different brand deals he has with Bel Air, with now Rap Snacks, he has Beard Oil, he has a Wing Stop, he has so many different brand deals to the point where he is literally renting out his house for coming to America too and making money off of that is crazy. Like, it's just bigger then it's bigger than rap. Like, if you want that stability, if you want that freedom, and of course, in a financial way too, it can't just stay with what you started with. It always grows into something crazier. Like, even if we look at E, it starts with speaking, but it grew into something so much bigger. Like, here's my question. Do we instantly prepare ourselves when we say, okay, I'm ready to be a brand for the different branches it could be? Or do we concentrate solely on the craft part first and foremost? Yeah. I, I, and truth be told, it, it depends on the person because I don't believe that a lot of people do enough homework before they get started. Mm. They just hear someone says, man, you're a phenomenal singer. Yeah. You should really like. You should sing. You should sing. You should sing. Make your own album. Yeah. It's like, just do it. It's like, are you, ready? you know what? I'm going to go for get, it. Get it. <laughs> yeah. Do you, it. you have a mic? <laughs> get, they yeah, got you covers. Got like, you don't Can necessarily the need this, the soundproof. They got blankets. Right, right. Yeah, just hold it over your head. You yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, man, I wish you would do a little bit more homework just to know what are the different parts of it? What are the different elements? And, you know, we've talked about the importance of vision. And yes, it may sound mundane or you've heard it before, but it goes back to something very tangible. You know, when when Nip is talking about some of the different opportunities he's had and he's had to pass on them, why? 
because it didn't match the vision. It's like, oh, I have a, a very specific idea of what it would look like for me to work or sign with a label. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that many people are willing to do that. You know, and, uh, I was listening to uh, another ep- uh, interview with him on The Breakfast Club and they asked him about Rick Ross. And he was like, Rick was actually willing to do it, but the people at the label couldn't sign off on giving me the type of strategic partnership that I wanted. So, but there's a vision, right? It's from the start of it. As, and as you learn and as you grow, it's okay to adjust and expand your vision. But don't just start because someone gave you an, a, a compliment or said, hey, you're really good at this. Just go for it. And it's like, mm-hmm. man, well, you really set me up for failure because I might, like you said, leave my nine to five or make a move that isn't really calculated because I wasn't well enough educated on what, what else is coming up next. Agreed. Uh, if you haven't noticed, this is going to be a long episode. Yummy! <laughs> We're going the distance today, yeah. Um. Okay, actually, I forgot. So, Moose, marathon or tech? Which way are we going? Oh, marathon and then tech, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, y'all just listen to this. I just looked at the situation like it's not a sprint. It's saying overnight. I've been doing this for a while, yeah. you know. I had padding up in the, in the corner of my bedroom, sleeping on the floor, recording mixtapes myself, running to the Pro Tools in like 2000, yeah. two, 2003. I was... Stapling posters, me and my brothers all through the city in 04. It's 011, we still doing it. And I'm young, you know what I'm saying, just because we started young, but I don't expect it to be overnight. Yeah. But I've seen the progress that we've made, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm further, I'm closer to where I'm going than to where I started. If I stop now, I got further to go backwards than I do if I just keep going, you feel me? So, you know, it's a marathon, we're going to stay down. Mm. Wow. Okay, because I was almost going to go into full ramp mode. And so, first off, uh, I'll say this, right? I'll say this. Um, Viral moments happen overnight. Legends don't. Mm. So, every person that we have gone over in some way, shape, or form, whether it's in the What's Poppin', uh, segments or whether it was in the breakdowns in the very beginning, everybody spoke of a journey. And in Nip's, you know, kind of language, spoke about the marathon, right? And a lot of people, especially in this era, has think that, yo, when is this going to happen to me? When is it my time? What's going, like... And if you look at that video or listen to that video, he was naming years, 2003, 2004. This is 2011. We're in, two, uh, in 2021, right? Clearly, he passed in 2019. But he was saying, yo, I, I, I'm a little bit established, but I'm nowhere near where, where I need to be. And so he knew for... Even back then, like, yo, I, this is a lot more to come. This is not going, like, I see a little bit of success and I could probably chill back, but I got certain things that I want to happen. And so I have to keep going and I'm cool with how long this may take. And because of that, 
His kids are good. They have a seven-figure trust fund, right? Um, his his mom is good. His grandma is good. Like his businesses are still running. I'm still buying marathon clothing. <laughs> still, I'm still yes, yes. I know, I know. I said maybe a few episodes I would stop, um, but they keep dropping really great stuff. But <laughs> they have, and once again with the whole power brand, like they have uh, a dispensary. And they're dropping new cannabis every single week, it seems. They have new shirts, new um, new sneakers dropping every single month or something. And after he passed. So we look at whether it is content. We look at growing a business. We look at it and we're like, okay, um, in a, in a year, I should be making six figures. That is, I've heard that so many times. Like, yo, I'm projected to be six figures and this, that, and the third. If we do this, like, I'm cool with the big dreams. I'm cool with that. But then those people who say that are the same people that get very discouraged and very frustrated that it's not happening in the time that they did, that they wanted it to be, right? And some stop, some are no longer consistent. But if you already have the mindset that, yo, if I want to be a legend, this has to, this has to be a a journey. If I want to be a legend, I have to be in it for the long run. If I want to be a legend, it doesn't matter what obstacle that comes. I'm, I'm all in on it. Like it doesn't matter what happens? I don't care if I be go beyond broke. I don't get no followers. I like the I can't go in because COVID hit for the second time and now I can't get into my building. This, that, and the third. Like the pandemic crushed a lot of people. Crushed a lot of people, and it was done for them. And not saying that you can foresee something like that. But that's just part of this marathon. How are you going to adjust and keep going? And so when I look at that clip and and when I hear like the, the definition that he has with the marathon, right? It's like, I almost think of it like this is, this is going to be for a while and I'm here. I'm okay with that. I'm I'm not trying to be some of these uh viral influencers. I'm not trying to be that nice that great trend that had millions and millions of views and then you don't know where they are. Where is the person who said hide your kids, hide your wife? Where is this person? I just want to know. I don't right. know where this person is, but we we want that viral situation, but then that's it. That's it. So even if you had that viral situation, are you ready for when it hits to last longer? That's for it question, not just yeah. to be a moment, but for it to be an era? That's huge. 
that's know, huge. That's huge. No, that's that's big. No, that's big. And and it's so much easier said than done. I Facts. I, I get you with that. Like I'm Facts. I'm with y'all on it. Like, yeah, to say I'm in it for the long haul. It's it's easier to say that than to live it on a daily basis. And and this is where you gotta really love it. This is the part of it where you gotta enjoy the process. And again, I you that's gotta be up there with the words that you said are like played out in 2020 uh, or 2021. Where yeah. It's like enjoy I know it, it gets annoying enjoying the process, but it's so true, man. Like if if you don't find something that you are, you know, truly enjoying while you're working it, building it, and developing it. It's easy to to get distracted, or it's easy to to take the big check now and close the door, or to sell out, or to do the things that you said you wouldn't do and compromise, because it's like kind of how we started with this episode. Dude is like, yo, it's really not my passion. So we got paid. What's the point of keep going? Like, I'm not necessarily interested in growing something even bigger because they're not passionate about it. So it, it sounds simple, but it's a lot easier said than done. You know, that's the part that I think like you got to give him credit for because he stays true to that process for since 03 up until 2019. You're talking about 16 years. Mm-hmm. And ever since, like he, he definitely was a gifted human being because I always remember that that interview of him being super young. Yeah. And he's like, so uh, what are you going to get with your money or something like that? And he's just like, oh, we're going to invest in real estate and stuff. And, and I'm land like, and stuff. You know, yep. yeah, it's like. How are you on that wave or that just that stream of consciousness at that age? You could tell he really was destined to be something different, although his upbringing, you know, wasn't necessarily the best or he made some decisions that I'm sure he wasn't proud of. Right. You know, he still brought himself back. So to stay consistent throughout that entire time, you know, for us building brands and businesses right now, we really got to take a look in the mirror and say, man, can I can I really stay in the lows and the highs of this and not? Ride the roller coaster of being so emotionally up and so emotionally down. One day I want to go. It goes well. I'm trying to stay. It's like, can you really stay with it? And and, and that's just a question that we got to ask ourselves and keep answering. And I, and I know for a fact that fear has to play a part of it. Like, oh, yeah. The fear of when this is going to end, how long is it going to take and things like that. What's crazy was, and I had a random, like, I was taking my walk and I had a random, random thought. Like, I was passing by every single time I go on a walk, I see, like, the skate the skate park, right? Mm. And you see all these kids. I'm going somewhere, people. They'll be like, Nikki's like, why are you talking about skating? Um, you see all these kids, like, skating, no matter if they're, like, seven or they're, like, 20-something, Right. And they fall and they get back up and they fall and they're doing all these crazy tricks. And I'm thinking like, like what keeps them going? Because skating does not look easy, right? right? Right. Skating doesn't look easy. And it's like, yo, they lost the fear of messing up, Mm. right? Regardless of the age, they get this, this skateboard and they continue to go up these ramps and falling back down and everything like that because what they want to do is perfect that some way, shape, or form so they can hit that that trick and they could show all their the people in the park. So the fear is gone 
because th- those ramps are very like I've seen. Yeah. I'm not going to do. I have the fear of busting my butt and never getting <laughs> back up. That's not going to happen, right? But skateboarding isn't for me, right? Mm. That's not my thing. It's their yeah. thing, and I almost look at it at the standpoint of like, how can we get so focused that it's just about mastering the craft, right? And losing the fear of how it looks and how many times I'm going to mess up and things like, and I don't care how long this is going to take. I'm going to hit this trick. I'm going to get up this ramp and then hit it about five times and I'm good. Like, how do we lose that fear, right, with our business and with our content, just like how a five-year-old wants to hit an ollie or whatever the thing is called, like, how do, how do we do that? And you almost look at, and I'm big on it, like always looking at how kids just don't have that fear Yeah. in anything yeah. that they do. They'll run up a tree and we're like, oh, yo, so the way my back is today is uh, it may <laughs> right. break, right? But they will go with no fear. And I think if we was to just have that kind of same mindset with everything from our brand and our business, it doesn't matter how long it takes. We know we're going to get it. We know that this is going to be accomplished and everything that we said that we want to do based off what we've seen and what we want to do is going to be accomplished because I'm so focused on this thing. And there was no distraction because they're in this park. So what is our park for our business? What is our park Mm. for our brand that keeps us in that mode as well as surrounded by other people who are trying to perfect it? That's a whole nother thing. Get me out of here. Get me out. I like that. I like that. What's your part, yo? That's a good question. Yeah. What's your part? Yeah. Where People, do you practice at? Yeah. I'm just, I saw, and That's I was good. like, I made that into a whole, like, yo, I am so intrigued because I'm seeing all these different ages keep busting their butt every single time they try to hit a trick. Some hit it, some don't. And like, they look at each other and they try to, mold it into what they can do and every single day they come back every single day they do the same thing over and over again until they they perfect it then they're on to the next it's great like the littlest things and there's other things clearly you Hmm. know what's dope about that and i'm willing to bet the reason why they're so dedicated to that small skate parks don't have any place for fans Mm. Right. You feel me? It's like you don't got to perform for them. You're doing it for you and and the people who are doing it. You know who know what it takes to do. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. Because as I'm as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yo, so much of this practice or this process is really like getting whatever is in you into a real world manifestation. And and many of the people who stumble is because you're trying. But you just keep like, did they did they like it? Did they buy it? Did they did they did they compliment me? So you keep looking into the stands, and it's like with some of these skate parks, they don't have stands. They don't have room for fans. It's only space for people who are doing it or trying to do it just like you, so they know what it's like. So they fall and they encourage you, and you fall and you encourage them. 
because they're doing it with you and they know what it takes. I told you this was going to be a great episode. <laughs> yeah. Yo, we did a whole lesson on skate parks. On skate parks. <laughs> let's go. Yo, okay, let's get let's get into this last clip. Um, I'm really excited about this one because this literally explains and really says that we are all in tech in some way, shape, or form. We just don't understand our value in it. Mm-hmm. So listen to this, and, and we're going to break this down. Any one of these billion-dollar platforms, a lot of the value comes from the people of influence that utilize the platforms. And those people are never involved in the business. There's a certain dollar amount for every user on an app. If you want to go sell your app, if you got 10 users, there's a a certain number, dollar amount, the value of your company is based on users times this dollar amount. And so when you got 10 million followers on Twitter, the value of Twitter is a certain dollar amount times your 10 million users plus the other 10 million, plus the other 2 million, plus the other. So when Twitter goes to get valued at so-and-so billion, the model is is an eyeball monetization, attention monetization model. And who's the reason that they are paying attention? The celebrity, the artist, you know what I'm saying? But for us, it's like a marketing tool to stay in contact with your fans. Yeah, that's cool, but to y'all, y'all in a whole different business. We are very valuable in the tech world, you know what I'm saying? Because we have influence. I can go so many different ways with this. I'm I'm gonna let you go first on this yeah. one. Yeah, that's so dope because I've never thought of it that way. Right. Literally. Literally. Right. I've never thought about uh, like I understood the the use of our content to bring and keep people on the platform. I've 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 gotten that piece of it. But to literally think about us as almost tech entrepreneurs or tech contributors into the tech space because of our embrace of the technology or the platform and how we are able to innovate and use it and and create trends and create lifestyles and and do so much on these platforms. I've never thought of it that way. So literally up until I've heard this clip, you know, and him speaking that way and being able to conceptualize these things, you can see why he was so grounded and, and, and so headstrong on saying, if I'm going to sign, I need a strategic partnership. If we're going to do this, it's got to be like that. It makes sense because not only has he built himself and created you know, a, a following and a loyal fan base, people who want to rock with him wherever he goes, he now understands the, the blueprint behind the blueprint. Or he understands what's behind you know, that cover page, the, the, the real depth of the book. And it's like, no, this is the real game. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to win, I need to contribute out of it this way. So it makes sense why, you know, he's thought about having the first smart store where every item or every clothing item was a piece of content or had a piece of content uh, tied to it. I was listening to another one of his uh, his interviews and the way the NFT rollouts are today, I feel like many of his rollouts were that way back then. Mm-hmm. So it's like... Someone who was just so far ahead of his time, who was interested in packaging experiences, 
packaging messages and stories, whether it be not just in music form, but in clothing form and other different types of ideas, it, it shows you that he really understood it at an intimate level and he was versatile with his knowledge. So we talked about him understanding tech, understand, understanding crypto, understanding the music business, understanding branding. So it shows you where you've often heard, well, you're a jack of all trades and a master of none. True. Mm-hmm. But that's if I'm trying to be a master in all of them. But if I understand that these different elements or these different different lanes contribute to the development and the well-being of my brand and my business, then absolutely I need to open my ear to, okay, well, how does that, what, what, teach me about that so I can understand how this affects me here, or I'm, or I'm going to use this platform. How can I take some greater insight from that so that I can utilize it for my well-being down the line? So yeah, brilliant, man. I, I love how he was able to communicate that because literally up until that piece, I'm like, Wow. Okay. <laughs> this is different. Yeah, Facts. this is different. The the thing with the thing with this is like our influence has so much power that I think we only wish to have the word influencer, but not truly understand the power that means for it. Right. And what prime example and shout out to Swiss Beats and Tim for what they did. They understood their influence. They understood what they did with verses and how many people it brings in and what kind of artists they could bring and everything like that to where they got equity onto a platform. If they were going to say, hey, we're going to be on this platform and you get rights to what we're doing, right? It's not about brand awareness anymore. I got that. Yeah, I done the yeah. I done the legwork, you know? Um now it's about I'm bringing this audience to your platform. There has to be something with that. There has to be some kind of equity. There has to be and that's why also, when it came to Clubhouse, there was a whole bunch of problems in the beginning where they had an evaluation of like, what? A couple billion. billion yeah. 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 Like their first one. And it was because uh, a whole bunch of minorities were creating buzz and making that popping like majority of these uh, social media apps. And no one was getting a piece of the pie. And just like how Nip said, yes, it is a tool for us to connect with our people. It is a tool to to bring new people into our world and everything like that. But you have to make certain benchmarks of to when is it more of a brand awareness tool for you? And then when is it more of just you being the cash cow for them? We even like at at some point looking at some of these platforms and being like, is there a true benefit of it? Like, is this just here to bring in new people? Or is this a model that we see where it's not only brand awareness, but on a monetizing kind of vibe as well? And then even later down the line, 
if there was something new to come up and we know that we can bring this type of audience, what are you going to do for us, sir or ma'am? And at some point with your brand, you have to think of it like that, right? And, and I love how he said, like, yo, we're all in tech. We all are huge. Uh, we're a huge value in the tech world. And of course, he was talking about like hip hop and, and artists in general. But to be honest with you, there are a lot of influencers on these different platforms, regardless if you rap, sew, speak, consult, whatever you do, you have an audience that no matter what platform you go on, they're going to follow. And as that grows, that means your stock grows. And as your stock grows, when there's new stuff, that means you could possibly demand certain things. Whether it's special features, let's let's go from a bottom kind of thing. It doesn't always mean to be a bag, but other tools and resources to help you grow. Or it could be the the idea of equity. He did uh, before he passed because he understood the whole crypto thing. He invested in this company called Followcoin. Because he was like, look, I could bring attention to crypto. I could with with my audience, with what I do, and they understand my role in the whole business and investing kind of vibe. I know if I was to go behind this, I could bring in people. Let's partner. And they're like, okay, cool. Because of the influence and the tribe that he's already built. So at some point, we can't keep being on these different platforms and just be happy we get reach and happy we get views and comments and everything like that. Some At some point, if we grow such a strong brand, we have to understand that we're going to seek for something bigger. And if you're not, there's a problem. You're, you're not really in the game for what you think you want to be in the game for. You're just there to be kind of passive. And I'm cool with that. But if you are really trying to grow this po power brand that Nipsey said, we have to grow the influence and then leverage the influence. So it's not that they're only using us. We are leveraging this relationship now. Yeah. Because we're giving them all the money. 100%. Us being present is stats for these angel investors. Us bringing more audience to these platforms or creating new audiences, they're looking at it like, I have these particular users. They don't even know you by name. These particular users that have about 10,000 followers or... um. 100K, a million. I have these amount and the attention on them based off how much they create content. They create content every single day. So that means in a whole week, the this their followers are on this app for a certain amount of hours. That all plays in. That all yeah. is money to certain people. To us, we don't see it. And so we don't see it as money. 
But to these people who are investing, these people who are running these apps, that's all money. So at what point are we going to switch into that kind of mindset instead of just being stressed and frustrated about how many followers and views that we have? I'm just saying. Yeah, that's big. That's big, Nicks. That's a good word. Listen, we said this was going to be a great podcast. Shout out to the great nips. Listen, listen. Um, and we're not doing so bad in time. Look at this. Look at this. See it? 120. So look, I at least for me, every year, y'all know around this time, you are going to get this energy. Okay. Granted, this past couple of episodes, I'm not gonna lie, the energy has been amazing. Where go? Fuego. But this one right here, <laughs> yeah. I'm saying this one right here, please uh, share this with your friends off top. Leave the review off top. That's that's all I'm going to say. So before we end it, Tuesdays, 8 p.m. YouTube. OK, we go live. It's a whole vibe. We've been loving it lately. Moose's new favorite thing is the lives. Love that. Okay? Love that. Yeah. He adores it. So definitely come through on our YouTube channel, Nikki and Moose, right? Uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. West Coast time. Yeah, me? Oh, I even messed up the air horn. I messed up the air horn. All right. Um, but before we leave, Moose, final words. Yes. It's, it's only right that I close in, you know, something that Nip said. Um, and, and one of the themes, and let me just kind of set it up and tell you why I think this is important. One of the themes for 2021 we've been telling everyone that we're working with, it's time for us to develop what I'm calling independent thinking, right? The opportunity to listen to information, listen to a piece of whatever music, something that you're looking to gain inspiration from and be able to separate where you are and where this person is so you can extract what you need in the specific moment that you're in, right? Really think for yourself on the information and say, okay, yep, I can use this right now. Nope, let me store that in the bag for a time, maybe down the road where I'm ready for it. And he lets you know, and he said, anything in excess is a liability, all right? Anything in excess is in a liability. So too much information, liability. Too much learning, liability. Too much action and little learning, liability. Right? So it puts you in that position that you, know, you got to step outside the box from time to time and be able to think for yourself and figure out, man, what is right for me and what can I dish off elsewhere and just use it for pure entertainment? 